Well, thank you very much for your welcome again tonight. Uh, it is, um, I've enjoyed being with you these Wednesday evenings, enjoyed the fellowship. Uh, it's wonderful where God's people is always fellowship. Um, you don't always find that, mind you. Uh, I'm sure you know what I mean. Uh, but it's lovely whenever you do experience it, and certainly have experienced it here uh, this last couple of weeks. So um, <coughs> you'll be glad this is the last night of me. You'll be sick seeing my face. So uh, um, it's nice to be with you again. I was just thinking whenever a brother was mentioning about his dad with advancing uh, Alzheimer's, and just to take the opportunities that God gives us while we're able and well and have a sound mind, uh, because you never know how quickly that can be taken from you. And uh, we trust it won't, but we never know. We're not in charge of those things. But to be able to um, take every opportunity for fellowship and for meeting with one another and meeting around God's word and meeting in prayer, because there'll come a day we mightn't be able to. Uh, so it's good to see you tonight, and thank you uh, for coming. Well, no bars bars given out tonight to know where we're reading from. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Um, <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 11. <coughs> we'll read the first two verses and then we'll move to verse uh, 8, please, tonight. My faith is the substance of things hoped for, uh, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Verse 8. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, <clears throat> and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they uh, that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, in heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that, and, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received a, a, him in a figure. Amen. We conclude our reading there this evening, and we always trust God to add his blessing 
to his precious word. We have been thinking, uh, just for the benefit of some who maybe haven't been here before, or maybe it's a week or so since you've been here, we've been thinking on the subject of living by faith and doing that in a world where it's very difficult to do so, where it's not easy to do so. And certainly, as uh, the time clock keeps going round and round, faster and faster these days on the world stage, it would appear that these are difficult days and it's not getting any easier to live by faith for we're challenged on every corner and at every side and these are days when we need to be standing for the faith, that's for sure. That's why we can learn the lessons from these Old Testament examples as to how they live by faith and from them apply the principles to our own lives that we might be enabled uh, with the same faith to live for God and please him in these days. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We read there in verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 11. It's faith that gives us the confidence and the assurance of things uh, that we hope for, and also it is the evidence or the proof of things not seen, no matter where we look, and no matter how hard we look, the things that you and I can see. Faith is the evidence or the proof, for that's what evidence means, evidence or proof of things that we cannot see. So far, just to mention it, a way of, of, um, of catching up, uh, we discovered in verse 4 that faith obtains the righteousness of God in Christian life. And there we were thinking of uh, God's servant Abel, uh, who offered... Uh, the right sacrifice with the blood shed, and as a result, he obtained the witness that he was righteous, pointing forward, of course, uh, to the offering of Jesus on the cross, and you and I putting our faith in him and obtaining righteousness in Christian life by faith and by faith alone. By grace, we are saved through faith, that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. Then in verse 5, from the example of Enoch, we discover that faith receives the strength of God to walk a pleasing life. Uh, There we were reminded about Enoch, who walked with God for 300 years and did that in a very uh, wicked, sinful, corrupted, immoral, and evil world in, in the day in which he walked and lived. And from the age of 65, for 300 years, we have the reference here, He walked with God and he pleased God before God translated him in some miraculous way without seeing death and took him into his presence. And we were reminded that Enoch received strength to do that by faith. The God he had faith in strengthened him to walk with him and please him for all those years. Didn't mean he never made a mistake, never thought a wrong thought. But he walked with God in such a way he pleased him. Thank God the Lord has given to you and me tonight as Christian people his Holy Spirit to strengthen us with might by the Spirit in the inner man that you and I might walk with God and please him. We don't always get it right. Thank God tonight for his mercy and thank God for his forgiveness and his grace. Um, But thank God tonight for the ministry of his Holy Spirit who strengthens us. And then from verse verse, uh, 7, the example of Noah. 
also in verse 22, the example of the parents of Moses, Amram and Jochebed. And also we discover in verse 31, the example of Rahab. We were reminded there that faith provides the protection of God in family life. Faith of Noah, the building of the ark, to the saving of his household. The faith of Amram and Jochebed to weave together the basket of bulrushes, let it go with our wee three-month-old baby in it, let it go, and God took care of him, and God did. And then Rahab, one woman in a household in the walls of the city of Jericho, by faith, she saw her whole household saved. Wonderful tonight that there's protection for family life as you and I exercise faith in God. And uh, without faith in God, that's, uh, that's living and real and seen within the family unit and so on. The home is wide open. It's just wide open for invasion. But with faith in God, thank God tonight, we can put a hedge around it. And trust the Lord to keep that hedge there. And if anything breaks through it, we still put our faith in God for our family and for our loved ones. And thank God for that this evening. That's all by way of just catch up this evening. Hopefully we'll move on. That clock beats me, but however, um, we'll keep going. I don't know how far we're going to get tonight, but I'll see how we get on uh, here in uh, in God's word. Verse 8. We turn to this um, character of Abraham. He's a big character. Enoch was very small. Noah was quite small too, really, as far as um, references in the Bible is concerned to them. Uh, But as far as Abraham is concerned, there's a lot in God's word about him. But we read here, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. The title I put on this, when it comes to living by faith in a world where it's difficult to do so. Faith trusts the wisdom of God in the changes of life. Faith trusts the wisdom of God in the changes of life. The writer here moves to Abraham and he goes right back to when God had called him from his home place, which was Haran, of course, in the Earl of the Chaldees, to a place which uh, uh, to a place that God would show him. That's all that Abraham knew. Turn back to Genesis chapter 12, please. Genesis chapter 12, and here we find exactly what was happening. God's call to Abraham, many of you will know it, but some of you may not. I don't take anything for granted or assume anything tonight, and we treat everybody on the same level. Uh, Genesis chapter 12, and we turn to these words of Scripture. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make my name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless thee, and in thee shall the of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed, as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land they came. So, Abram was 75 years of age 
when he and his wife Sarah faced a change direction in their lives that they weren't expecting. Hebrews 11 and 8, we were reminded there as we read it together this evening, Abram went out not knowing where he was going. Think about it. And it was a mighty step for Abraham when you do think about it. He didn't know what God was calling him to or where God was leading him. But by faith, he did know that though he couldn't see into the future, God did. Though he didn't have all the answers to the questions that arose from this change of direction in his life, God did. And though he didn't fully understand what God was doing, God did. So Abram goes forward into a change of direction in his life by faith which for him meant totally trusting in the wisdom of wise God and doing that at a time of didn't understand what was going on. Sometimes you don't always understand the way Christian life is directed, do we? We don't always understand it. And that is when life is led in a way that brings a sudden change. Personal upheaval. There comes uncertainty with it. There comes anxiety about the future. And it can be very difficult to see any wisdom in all that's happening. Now, what does the just or the Christian do who has saving faith in Jesus Christ when life turns like that? And it does. And maybe you have experienced it in the past. Maybe somebody's experienced it in the present. I know someone who experienced it just um, last autumn, last October, November time, when suddenly a complete change of business direction, and overnight, all source of income was gone. Totally gone. What does the just or the Christian who is saving faith in God do whenever that happens? Well, you apply the text of Scripture. The just shall live by faith. And in practical terms, that means we are to trust in the wisdom of God, even when we cannot see any wisdom by looking at a change in the direction of life from a human point of view. There was no other way for that person to cope with that situation in October, last October or November, but that way. That's the only way that person could cope with it and has been able to survive with it since. Turn me to Isaiah 55 and 8 to 9. Isaiah 55 and 8 to 9. These that are appropriate here, just at this little point. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heaven are, for the, for as the heaven are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Turn with me over to, uh, now over to the New Testament, Romans chapter 11 and verse 33. Romans 11 and verse 33. 
So the prophet Isaiah is reminding us that God's thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. They're much higher. And then Paul is here in verse 33 of Romans 11. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. I can't remember if I shared with you before um, the illustration from the experience of um, Dr. Bill Woods. He died recently with Acre Gospel Mission. If I've shared this before, then forgive me. I'll share it again. Uh, but it's a, it's a very vivid, it's an illustration really uh, that has lived with me um, right throughout my Christian life since, this, uh, since I heard about this, which was a way, way back, um, shortly after I got saved, I suppose. Um, but Bill and his wife, Ina, went off to Brazil as missionaries. And they arrived safely, and they got onto the boat for their long journey up the Amazon River to reach their destination, uh, to meet other missionaries who were already there in Brazil who had actually gone from Northern Ireland um, in previous years. And on the journey, Ina took ill with a fever. And Bill did what he could with whatever amount of medica- medication he had. But sadly, Ina passed away. 29 years of age, Bill and Ina faced a change of direction in their young married lives that they were not expecting and was really hard to understand, to say the least of it. Bill had to bury his own wife, couldn't understand why this had happened, so he's asking questions. And who wouldn't? Certainly I would. You would too. Lord, why has this happened? It was after the funeral, I understand, that Bill was reading the Scriptures. And in reading the Scriptures, he he discovered a word that the Lord gave to him. And it's in John 13. And uh, we'll just look at it. John 13 and 6 to 7. John 13 and 6 to 7. Maybe this is a word for someone tonight. He's a change of direction and you can't understand the reason why John 13 and 6 to 7 to put it in context here the Lord Jesus is washing the disciples feet Peter's not up for it you're not going to wash my feet that's the context here John 13 and 6 to 7 then cometh Jesus to Simon Peter and Peter said unto him Lord dost thou wash my feet Jesus answered and said unto him, this is what came to Bill when he was reading from the Lord. What I do, thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. And Bill felt the Lord had spoken to him in his circumstances and this word gave him a measure of of peace, but more than that, it gave him a measure of encouragement in faith. Because he now knew that though he didn't know what the Lord was doing in his life, the Lord had said, Bill, I know what I'm doing. And he promised that one day, Bill, he would know. 
So by faith, Bill could only go forward trusting in the wisdom of God in the changes of his life. Perhaps someone this evening is facing a change in your personal life and it's hard to see the wisdom of it. From the example of Abraham, we learn it's only possible to get through that sort of thing in Christian life with a faith that's trusting that he's the all-wise God whose thoughts are not our thoughts and whose ways are not our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. Faith. Trust the wisdom of God in the changes of life. May the Lord maybe take that little thought and maybe apply it to you in the future, if not at the present. Let's move on to um, verse 11 of Hebrews chapter 11. Here we now go to Abram's wife. We'll come back to Abram in a minute. But Abram's wife, Sarah, Hebrews 11, verse 11. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. And here we're looking at faith, uh, living by faith and doing that in a world where it's not easy to, the just shall live by faith, embraces the promises of God in the problems of life. Embracing the promises of God in the problems of life. Abraham and Sarah had a big problem. And the big problem was that Sarah was childless. Now in the culture of her day and the culture of her society, that was a massive problem. It meant disappointment. It meant concern. It meant isolation. It meant hurt. It meant discouragement. It meant fickle emotions. It meant even pushing over the edge at times and desperation from time to time. That's what it meant. So this was a massive problem, not only for Sarah, but for Abram coping with Sarah, coping with us. And all that was going through her mind and her heart over it all. Sarah, however, had a promise of the Lord given to her husband Abraham that she would be the mother of many nations or the mother of nations rather, should I put it right, by having a son. Turn with me to Genesis 17 this time, please. Where we find just some of these promises. Genesis 17 and verse 15 to 17. Genesis 17, verse 15, And God said unto Abram, As for Sarah thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarah, Sarai, but Sarah shall, bless, shall, shall her name be. And I will bless her, and give thee a son also of her. There's the promise. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be the mother of nations. Kings of people shall be 
of her. We find in verse 7, when, when Abram heard that promise, what does he do? He falls on his face and he laughs. He thought, this can't be. Turn with me to, to verse 19, please. God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. This is 18 and 10 to 9. 10 to, sorry, 10 to 11 would be better. Uh, 10 to 11. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abram and Sarah were old and were stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after manner of women. So looking at those references, God clearly uh, gave Abram and Sarah promises of what he was going to do. And at first it would seem that they were both somewhat skeptical and weak in their faith about this because they were laughing at it. Abram laughed first. And then when Sarah heard what the, the, the messenger said to Abram and she was inside the tent door and she overheard it, she laughed. For this was just something totally impossible. This problem, there was no way it could be solved as far as they were concerned. However, there came a point, obviously, whenever they started to take God's promise seriously and to live by faith, which in practical terms meant embracing or holding on to the promise that God had given to them about the matter. We know that from what Paul says, Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. And verse 20, here Paul speaks of, of, of Abraham in verse 20, and it makes reference to the promise and his faith in the promise. So he's not laughing anymore. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully per persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. And Sarah, we discover she's not laughing anymore either because in Hebrews chapter 11 and 11, the verse we read together tonight, through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and deliver a child in her old age. So it's evident that Isaac, their son, was born to Sarah and Abraham. He was, in fact, the fulfillment of, a, of now a strong faith in God's promise to them. A promise that was given uh, to, to Abraham when he was 75 years of age and wasn't fulfilled until he was 100. So for 25 years, Abraham and Sarah they were living by faith, embracing, holding on to, standing on the promises God had given to them. Whenever they were going through a particular problem in their personal lives. And God proved he was faithful and able to perform what he had promised. And he did prove that with a miraculous birth of Isaac, which happened when God's time in the scheme of things was right. Faith for Abraham and Sarah was embracing the promises of God as the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things they could not see for 25 years. 
Hebrews 11 verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And there you have the writer making reference to people who had received promises of God. But unlike Abram and Sarah, they had died without seeing the promises fulfilled. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, it says in verse 13, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them. So they died embracing the promises of God by faith, trusting that God would keep his word. Even though we die and don't see it fulfilled, he's going to keep his word. Because God is faithful to what he's promised. One example is verse 22. There's other examples we could look at, but we haven't time to do that here. Verse 22, they, by faith Joseph, when he had died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. There was no sign of deliverance from Egypt whenever Joseph died. In fact, whenever Joseph died, um, it seemed even more unlikely at that time. However, Pharaoh, Pharaoh was tightening his grip on Israel rather than loosening it. However, Joseph died embracing the promises God had given to him. And the promise that God had given to him was that Israel would depart out of Egypt and that his bones would be carried up to the land of Canaan. Did it happen? Turn a bit to Exodus 13, 18 to 19. Joseph didn't live to see this. Exodus 13 and 18 to 19. The question, did it happen? And of course it did happen. And this is the proof of it. But God led the people about, Exodus 13, 18. But God led the people about through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up, harnessed out of the land of Egypt. Notice, and Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, this is Joseph, God will surely visit you when he was dying. This is what he was saying. God will surely visit you, and he shall carry up my bones away hence with you. Joseph lived by faith, embracing the promises of God, and doing that even though he died without, them seeing, without himself actually seeing them fulfilled. I wonder, has God given someone a promise through his word that relates to a particular problem in your life? Or your home, or your family, or your extended family, or your circumstances. But there's no outward sign of it being fulfilled. In fact, the longer time goes by, the more Pharaoh seems to get his grip the bigger the problem seems to get and the worse it seems to get and even more challenging. And looking at it through human eyes, it seems impossible and improbable for the thing that is promised to ever happen and the problem ever to be resolved. 
like those who died in faith there in Hebrews 11:13, who saw the promise afar off to you, it's very, 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 very far, 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 far off. If you know what I mean. What do you do when Christian life is like that and it often is when it comes to facing problems? Well, the answer is, we go back again to our text, just shall live by faith. And in practical terms, that means, in context here of Sarah and what we're trying to bring out here, embracing the promises of God, holding on to them, standing on them, refusing to let them go and by faith believe that God is a covenant-keeping God who is faithful to what he has promised. And in his time and in his way, he will keep his word and fulfill his promise. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. Second Corinthians one and twenty. Second Corinthians one and twenty. For all the promises of God in him, and the him of course there is Jesus Christ, he's mentioned in verse nineteen, for the Son of God Jesus Christ. For all the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen unto the glory of God by us. I have never done a count of all the promises of God concerning him, Jesus Christ. Right from Genesis 3.15 and the seed of the woman. Right through all the prophets of the Old Testament. Right until Jesus was born. Maybe some of you have done that study and therefore could give me the answer how many promises there are. But there's an awful lot. And they were all fulfilled in the coming of Jesus. Every, every one of them. Every promise that God gave concerning his son were all fulfilled, were yea and amen in him. God keeps his word. And you and I can embrace the promises of God. I embrace the promise of God tonight for something in my family circle. I'm sure you can do the same. Thank God for that. Living by faith. I remember, um, did any of you ever hear of a man called Frank Marshall? He was an IEB, an Irish evangelistic band evangelist many, many years ago. He's now dead and in the glory. But his wife would have been a member in our church in Lisburn until she passed away. She was a mighty woman of prayer. And in those days, we were just in a, in a, a little portable building. Um, and we didn't have the suite of, of halls that there's there now. Uh, but I remember her praying about this, you know, and she would pray about it in the prayer meetings and for the future and stuff. And of course... Um, um, it all seems so impossible for anything to change for the future. Uh, but she used to pray, quoting that hymn. Uh, I don't know whether you know it in St. here or not, but I've often brought it to mind. Uh, and she could really holler it out, you know. Faith, mighty faith, the promise sees and looks to God alone. 
laughs at the impossibilities and cries, it shall be done. Hey, Do you want to hear it again? Faith, mighty faith, the promise sees and looks to God alone, laughs at the impossibilities and cries, it shall be done. What problem is there in the church? I don't know. I have no idea. What problem is the leadership trying to handle at the moment? About the future, the pastor and all of that. Faith, mighty faith. Laughs at the impossibilities. Cries, it shall be done. What a God we have tonight. How wonderful it is we can live by faith. And work that out in our lives. How are we for time? I'll just do one more wee point. And we'll move to Hebrews 11 again. Where are we? And 9 to 10. There's much more we could say, but not for tonight. Hebrews 9 to 10. Hebrews 11 and 9 to 10. Back to Abram again. Uh, just finish off with this. By faith Abram sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling on tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is... We thought here, this final point for tonight, about living by faith. Faith anticipates the city of God at the end of life. Faith anticipates the city of God at the end of life. When Abram left his home in Haran to obey God and follow him by faith, for he didn't know what God was asking him to do or where he was going, but to follow him in the direction that he was leading, which was ultimately to bring him into the land of Canaan, life turned out to be not all sunshine. It wasn't all a bed of roses following the Lord. Canaan turned out to be what the Bible calls here in verse 9, a strange country, a strange country, a place where the direction of life seemed a bit strange. It didn't immediately measure up to what the promise of God seemed to suggest. Whenever he first called him from the hour of the colleagues to follow him, And life for Abraham turned out to be rather unsettled. Pitched in one place today, moving to another place tomorrow. Uh, For example, and you don't need to turn to this, but I'll just mention it. In Genesis 12 and 9 to 10, there was a famine in the land. And Abraham went down to Egypt. Now that that wasn't really in the plan. Didn't think that would happen. There was a famine in the land. And then in Genesis 13, 5 to 9, we read in Genesis 12 that he took his nephew Lot with him. But he wasn't expecting that there would be strife between the herdsmen of his nephew Lot and the herdsmen of Abraham. Big fallout, big strife. That wasn't in the plan. So life wasn't simple for Abraham as he followed the Lord. His life was wrapped up with strange sort of scaffolding. 
However, he was a man of personal faith in God, and for him that meant he wasn't too preoccupied with the things that he was experiencing around him in the present. But rather, he was by faith looking in another direction for the future. And Hebrews 11, 10, 10 tells us what that direction was, what direction he was looking. He looked for a city whose builder and maker is God. And by faith, Abram anticipated not a country where life was strange anymore, but a city where life was going to be so, so, so much better. And there would never be anything strange there. By faith, Abram anticipates the city of God at the end of life, a place where he would never feel unsettled again, never be on the move again, never know what strife is, never know what famine would be again. And what's that city that Abram was talking about and anticipated? Well, Revelation 21. Revelation 21 if you turn over, we'll just um, mention here one or two uh, little uh, references quickly. Revelation 21 and verse 2. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. Verse 10. So we discover this city was a holy city. We discover here in verse uh, 10 of uh, um, Revelation 21. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city. So it's a great city, the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven. And then we'll go over to uh, verse um, uh, 4, back to verse 4 please. And in the city God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away in this city. And then verse 23, please. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. Living by faith meant... Looking away for Abraham meant looking away from the unsettled life he was now experienced to that settled life that was to come in his heavenly home, in that holy, great city where there was no need for the sun, where there would be no more tears and no more sorrow and no more pain. And that was what awaited Abraham at the end of life, and he was living by faith for that. Could it be that your Christian life tonight could be described as a sort of a strange country? No settled peace. Maybe there's even strife going on somewhere. All sorts of things happening at times. Not easy to deal with. And a bit of a struggle. Just do when life's described like that. Take a moment by faith to look up from it all and by faith you're going to a better country. You're going to you're going from a strange country to a city 
which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God, and it's called heaven. And all tears will be wiped away. No more Alzheimer's. No more struggle. No more strangeness. Heaven awaits us at the end of life. And it'll be worth it all when we see Jesus. But until that day, what do you do? We have to live by faith. There's no other way. The lyrics of that gospel song put it this way, mature. Sometimes you've had it sung here, maybe by soloists or whatever. I am going to a city where the streets gold are laid and the tree of life is blooming and the roses never fade. Here they bloom but for a season. Then their beauty is decayed. I'm going to a city where the roses never fade. As we journey through life, the outlook can be a bit bleak at times. But the just can live by faith and anticipate there is a city at the end of life. Hebrews 11 was not only written for the encouragement of the New Testament Hebrew Christian believers, and it was, but it was written as an encouragement for Christian believers ever since. And that includes you and me tonight. Whatever date this is, November, I can't remember. I know we're near the end of November, that's all it all I know. But we're 2023, but is as relevant to you and me tonight as it was way back, isn't it? I trust your faith has been encouraged and strengthened and helped. And if that's been the outcome of us meeting together this last three Wednesday evenings, it's been well worthwhile. Thank you for your patience and your listening. And may the Lord add his blessing to these thoughts from his word. Amen.